It is my great privilege and my honor to stand before you today um, to talk about something that's very dear to my heart, and that is prayer. I know that we have a house that has been prayed for. It's the reason why we're here. And today I just want to honor the legacy of, of Holland and Delora Smith and also for um, our brother Harry, who's gone on to be with the Lord, because they sowed seeds of prayer into this place. And if um, Holly's parents didn't know the Lord at all, they would not have been able to hear his voice when he said, plant my church here. And so we are living the dream today because they heard the voice of the Lord, and now we have the opportunity to live out the rest of the story. Yes. But the rest of the story is going to depend on our ability to carry the torch of prayer, because prayer is the way that God gets his work done on the earth. I want to turn your attention to Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And it says, then Jesus used this story to teach his followers. How many of y'all need to be taught? <laughs> that they should always pray and never lose hope. Once there was a judge in a town. He didn't care about God. He also did not care what people thought of him. In that same town, there was a widow who kept coming to the, this judge. She said, there is a man who is not being, is not, there is a man who is not being fair to me. Anybody ever been treated unfairly? Give me my rights. But the judge did not want to help the widow. How many of y'all been to places where people didn't want to help you? After a long time, he thought to himself, I don't care about God. And I don't care about what people think. But the widow is bothering me. I will see that she gets her rights. Or she will bother me until I am worn out. People ever wear you out? Come on, somebody. That's a hanky wave right there. The Lord said, listen to what the bad judge said. Verse 7. God's people cry to him, night and day. God will always give them what is right, and he will not be slow to answer them. I tell you, God will help his people. God will help his people, and he'll do it quickly. But when the Son of Man comes again, will he find those on the earth who believe in him? Father, we just submit ourselves under your authority today. We pray, Lord God, that your word would go forth, that it will do that which you sent it out to do. I pray, Lord, that you will minister to hearts, Lord God, that you will heal those who have been hurt, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that your word will encourage someone, that they will stand up and do what's right in your name. Father, we just thank you for this time that we have and the privilege that we have to share the gospel with people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's good right there. 
So I have on your uh, notes, it's seven reasons to pray. And I give credit to Dan Hayes because he is the author of the seven reasons to pray. But I put my own twist on it because I've been through a few prayer things myself. And so I put my own twist on it, but I, I give him credit for giving me the seven reasons. All right. And so the first one is we pray because it builds our relationship with Jesus. Just a few minutes ago, I was talking about Holland and Dolores Smith and how they rode by and God said, plant my church here. But they would never have heard his voice if they didn't have a relationship with him that they knew him. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and another they will not follow. And so they were following the voice of the Lord. Many Christians and believers that are uh, uh, followers of Christ think that they have to follow a list of rules. How many of y'all been somewhere where they gave you a list of rules? I remember one time a lady told me, cover yourself up. You know, I couldn't sing in the choir unless I covered myself up. But anyway, uh, <laughs> y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all ain't been where I've been. <laughs> But uh, we have rules like don't drink, don't use curse words, don't watch bad movies, don't do bad things, don't hang out with bad people. I've been with some bad people. They ain't that bad. They just need Jesus. <laughs> However, being a believer means more than this. It means choosing to build a relationship with the one who loves you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means he loved us already. He loved us before we even loved him. So uh, that's amazing. But uh, we should build a relationship with him. And you know, when we meet people, we want to get to know them. I see people that I'm drawn to by the spirit. And I'm like, I wonder what she's like. We should go out and have coffee. And so we do that. You know, we invite people to lunch. We invite them to dinner. Um, Precious is not preaching today. She's not singing today. <laughs> but we, uh, we invite them because we want to have relationship with them. And so that's how we build our relationships, by being together, doing Bible study together, uh, being on the worship team together. That's how we build relationships. And it's the same way with God. When we want to build a relationship with God, we got to get with him. You know, you got to spend some time with him. You got to learn his word and learn his voice so that you'll understand what he's saying when he says something to you. And I know some of y'all think, did I get that right? Because I remember um, when I was still struggling, I was a fence rider for a long time. And uh, <laughs> come on, <laughs> fence riders. Um, and, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly and I knew it was him only because it was nobody else in the room. My great-grandmother had passed, and I was uh, really grieving. And the Lord said, you're next. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> but no, he meant that I was going to be the next person. I was the one that God was passing the torch to, 
to be the one who stood in our family and stood in the gap for people who were still lost, who still weren't living the way that God had called us to live. And so even at that point, I just knew a little bit about God, you know, a little dab or do you? That's what I had. That's all I had. And so um, when God spoke that to me, I began to question all of those things. But anyway, you have to have relationship with God. And so you have to spend some time with him in order to get to know him. And spending time in the word is a great way to get to know the Lord. Uh, prayer is the meeting ground for you to get to know God because God already knows you. He knew you before you were formed in the womb and he knew the purpose and the plan that he had for you when he formed you. And so he wants to guide you on that path to get you to where he wants you to go to do the thing that he wants you to do for the purpose and the plan of the kingdom. You're not here by accident. You're here because God made you and created you to be here and to be a part of kingdom building. Prayer is the meeting ground for you to get to know God. It's, it's not where you go, you know, you know, when we were babies, we said, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But then when we grew up, we got bigger prayers. We said, our father. <laughs> but we have a tendency to just go to God and give him a grocery list. You know, I want, I want, I want, I want. In Jesus' name, amen. But that's not right. We got to give God an opportunity to speak too. When you go and have lunch or dinner with somebody, you talk a little bit and then they talk a little bit, you know. So it's good for you to enter in and give God praise and adoration and then let him sit you down and say a few things to you. Hallelujah. <laughs> I heard that well. <laughs> but uh, prayer is the place where we meet with God and build our love relationship with him. It is where I listen to him and he listens to me. As Dan Hayes put it, God embraces me, shows me his care for me, and points out my needs to me and how he fills me. You know, you can get filled in prayer. You can get filled with the Holy Spirit in prayer. You can start speaking in other tongues and stuff. It's no shame in doing that. Um, God will lead you in the path that he wants you to go. And if he wants to fill you in prayer while you're talking to him, that's all right. It's a time to listen and talk. And when you meet with a friend, you know that you listen to them when they speak. So prayer is the place where you get to be intimate with the Lord. It's the place where close relationship is built in him and formed. Paul said it this way in Ephesians. So I bow in prayer before the Father. Every family in heaven and on earth gets his true name from him. That's in Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. So bow your head in prayer. Number two, prayer helps us overcome temptation. If we have been believers any amount of time, we know the tempter will come. In Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus, after he was baptized, that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and went into the wilderness and fasted for 
40 days, and he was tempted by the enemy. But the enemy didn't win because when the enemy said, if you're the son of God, why don't you throw yourself down here? And Jesus regurgitated to, to Satan the word of God. He couldn't trip him up. He wouldn't stumble. And so that's what we need to have. We have the word of God in our hearts. The, the Bible says, I have hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so if you have the word in, you, in your heart, you have the ability to fight back the enemy. So in prayer, um, Jesus knew that, um, that, that um, Simon was going to be tempted. And I believe that the father revealed that to him that he was going to be tempted by the enemy. And so Jesus told Simon, he said, Simon, Simon, the enemy has wanted to sift you as wheat, wheat, but I have prayed for you. Have you ever had to pray for a friend? You just see them going in the wrong direction and you just, you want to tell them, but they're not going to listen to you. So you just say it in prayer. You say, Father, help them because you know which way they're going and you know they're yours and you know, and you go on and on. But that's the way that we help people. We don't help them by giving them all of our opinions or where we think they should go or what we think they should do. But we help them by getting on our knees and praying for them. They got enough people telling them what to do and what not to do. But if we go to the Lord in prayer, he knows just what they need. That's all right. If Satan can get you to abandon the plan that the Lord has for you, then he wins. But we can't allow the enemy to take what God has given to us. We can't abandon the call of God on our lives. We can't quit when, when it gets tough. We got to be made of stronger stuff than that. And so it's down on our knees that we're able to uh, fight the battle because we call on the Lord and he answers. I know people used to say all kinds of things about me. Y'all don't believe that? <laughs> they used to say all kinds of things about me, but I would tell them, talk about me as much as you please. I will talk about you down on my knees. That's where you take it, y'all. That's where you take it. It, it's in prayer where we find our strength for the journey. Prayer is the place where we defeat the enemy. With all temptation, there is a way out. And the way is the Lord. Going to him in prayer and telling him everything that he already knows. But we can say it to him and he can come and rescue us. Have you ever been rescued by the Lord? I have been rescued many times by the Lord. I've been delivered so many times by the Lord out of dilemmas, out of stuff. I don't know how I got myself into, but he made a way, and he's a way maker. Hallelujah. Amen. Prayer helps us to determine God's will. Prayer is crucial. Y'all say crucial. Prayer is crucial in determining God's will. Before Jesus chose his disciples, he spent the night in prayer. He spent the whole night in prayer. Some of us can't even pray for five minutes. We'd be like, 
and you're waiting for the phone ring or something distracts us. We just can't do it. But before he chose his disciples, he prayed for them. And I guess uh, Father God weeded out the ones that weren't going to be the right ones to carry on the gospel for the next season. So when Jesus prayed, he got the answer. And he picked the 12 disciples, even though he knew one of them was going to be the one who did him in. But God wanted that way because that was the plan. He came to die. Uh, before Jesus chose his disciples, he prayed. So if Jesus prays, what does that say about us? We should pray. That's the right answer. Gold star, Daniel. <laughs> Luke chapter 6, verse 12, it says, In those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. You know, he often went by himself, away from people. Sometimes you need to get away from people. You need to get away from the noise, and you need to get by yourself with God. That way you can hear his voice clearly, and other people are not having their input while you're praying. If you're a leader, any leaders in the house? You need to get input from God. You do. You need to get a vision. You need to get, be able to make decisions. You, uh, you can't just go around and hope that things will turn out all right. I don't live on that kind of hope. <laughs> My hope is in Jesus. And I know that he can move obstacles out of the way. He can do the impossible because nothing is impossible with God. You need to lay before the Lord. You need to get a word. You need to get a vision. You need to get a picture or a plan for your life. You need families. You need to get a, a, a word for your family, the direction that you're going in, husbands and wives, uh, people who own businesses. That's where you make out your plan, down on your knees with the Lord. It's for your future, and it's for your family, and it's for your children. Just imagine... Um, the people who have gone before us, that they took that time and they, they got before the Lord and God laid out a plan for what it was going to look like. And some of them didn't get to see. Some of them didn't get to see what it was going to look like. But we are the fruit of their prayers. We are the fruit of their labor. And God has blessed us that we shouldn't die right there but that we should be able to send it to the next generation. And we should be sowing seeds in the next generation, praying for them, hanging out with them, Pastor Daniel, doing stuff with them. That's what we need to do. There was a time uh, when I worked on my job. Y'all know I'm retired, right? That's why I hang around Lighthouse a lot. 31 years I worked in the same place, but 31 years wasn't always easy. There was one time when I discovered that there was a believer in every department where we worked. And I was like, wow, God set us up. And so we would begin to get together on our breaks and on our lunches, and we began to fast and pray on Wednesdays for our business. And... We believe as a result of that, for seven years, we were number one in the nation for Pepsi-Cola. 
our little plant in Newport News. And I believe that that was a result of prayer and fasting. And God made it good. And I used to get to pray for events, too. They said, come on up to Nita and pray over the food we're going to eat. That was a blessing. That was an opportunity that I had to speak to people who were not even believers, weren't even in the house of God. So I was grateful that, for that. Prayer is crucial in determining God's will. It could be a scripture that he impresses on our heart during our prayer time to make clear the plan he has for us, which brings us to our next point. Prayer accomplishes God's work. How do you think God gets his work done on the earth? Through prayer. Through prayer. That's how he gets his work done. Our plan should be covered in prayer before, in the middle, and at the end. Prayer should be included in every phase of our working for God. I remember um, before I went to Uganda in 2017, I wasn't sure if I should go. I didn't know if I should go or if I should help somebody go. And so it was in my prayer time with the Lord that he began to speak to me. And out of Proverbs 31, he spoke to me and he said, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hand to the needy. And in James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep ones from being polluted by the world. So that was my yes to go. But then I had another question. What will I do? I mean... I didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to minister somehow to orphans and widows and help poor people, but I didn't know what it looked like because I'd never been there. I didn't know what the needs were. I mean, I've seen pictures of kids with flies on them and stuff, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And so the Lord spoke to me out of Matthew 28, and he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And so that was my call to go. And I know that um, I, was, I was there the first time that I went to Uganda. There was a young lady who wanted to commit suicide. She was from Sudan, and all of her family had died. And she had a sister. It was her and her sister that were left. And they were living together, and she came home one day, and she had hung herself. And so when I met her, she said, it is enough. And she just wanted to die. And I ministered to her for like three days before she said yes to the Lord. And with the prayers that I prayed for her, we baptized her before we left. Because God wanted her life to count and that she wouldn't give up hope, that she would do what the Lord had called her to do. But sometimes you go and you don't know. Sometimes God calls us to go without knowing to places, and you don't know what it's going to look like. But if he calls you to go, he will make the way for you. He will open the doors that need to be opened. He'll give you the finances that you need to go. That was my third question to the Lord. How would I get there? Because I don't have any money. 
And so the Lord provided far above whatever I needed. The finances came pouring in. I had enough to help somebody else go. Um, that's because people believe in what God wants to do. And if you walk and you have the character of God, people will sow into your life. And so I am grateful for God to call me, to send me, and to provide for me. And all of that was done in prayer. If I didn't get on my knees and pray to God, I wouldn't have never gone to Uganda. I've been twice and I hope to go one more time before I die because I want to see the fruit of my labor. I want to see what God has done with the people there. So God does miraculous things. He, he accomplishes his work through us through prayer. He gives us the plan in prayer. He gives us the courage in prayer. He drives us through prayer. He tells us what he's going to do. He opens doors through prayer. And he does what he says he's going to do. And I just believe that mega sports camp was one such thing because we prayed. We didn't have a clue where all the volunteers were going to come from. We didn't have everything that we needed. But we knew a God in heaven who would supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So we called on the God that we knew and he did the miraculous. He did far above whatever we asked, Jerry, exceedingly abundantly above whatever we asked. He did it. And we, all we could do is go, he did it. We can't take credit for it. He did it. And we're so grateful for that because now we have the opportunity to sow seeds into young lives who have committed themselves to the Lord. And so another generation comes and God gets the glory. Hallelujah. I tell you, prayer is the way that God gets his work done on the earth. We ask God for his wisdom and protection. We ask God for open doors and opportunities. We pray God's word back to him. How many of y'all pray God's word? That is the best prayer ever. Because when we ask God to do something and we use his word to do it, his word does not return void, but it accomplishes that which he sent it out to do. Jeremiah 1 and 12 said, For I am watching over my word to perform it. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields to the sower and bread for the eater, so my word goes out from my mouth will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I dare you to pray God's word. Intercessory prayer, prayer is important to the success of the church. Y'all say intercessory prayer. It's sad on Saturday mornings out of a house of 400 that four or five people gather for corporate prayer. Intercessory prayer is the success of the church. 
Where there's little prayer, there's little power. Where there's much prayer, there is much power. Where there is no prayer, no power. So I pray that God would encourage your heart to pray. If you can't come out to corporate prayer at 7 a.m., then pray where you are at 7 a.m. God will connect us in the spirit with our prayers. But it is good for those who are able to come out and pray. It's important. It's how we get the work done here is through prayer. If you want to be a church on the move, you must begin with prayer. The heart of the church is found in intercessory prayer and Bible study. With prayer, the nations of the world can be changed. With prayer, the United States of America can be turned back to God. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord. And the scripture also says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So if you don't want to be involved in politics, pray to God that he will turn the heads of the leaders and all of the, the groups that want to do this thing and that thing. Pray, pray that God will turn us back and put us on the right track that we'll be able to, to stand in the freedom that God has provided for us because it is through prayer that God moves and changes. Uh, you know, we have people uh, in our own lives that we wish they'd do something. You know, sometimes they irritate us to the utmost, but we can't do anything about them except listen to them and, you know, say a few things, but the things that we say ought to be said to the Lord about them because we know that God is the only one who can change hearts. He changes hearts. He turns the head of the king whichever way he wants it to go. Isn't that right, wives? Anyway, you want it to go. <laughs> Prayer is a weapon of spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6 and 10 through 18 talks about the whole armor of God that we need to put on to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The armor consists of the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your shoes that are the gospel of peace. And we're told to take up the helmet of faith, I mean the shield of faith, which can extinguish the, the flames and the darts of the evil one. And we need to take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. And verse 18b says, with this in mind, be alert. Y'all say be alert. Be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Prayer is a weapon of warfare. Life as a believer is not easy. It's not an easy walk every day. It is a battlefield. As Dan Mayer says, it is a war for the souls between God and Satan. It is fought with believers being co-laborers with Christ. Are you a co-laborer with Christ? 
Paul instructs us to put on the whole armor of God as we are confronted by the attacks of the enemy. Included in this war suit is prayer. We are able to pray in the spirit. Romans 8:27 says that he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So when we pray in the spirit, we are praying God's will, not our own. I know sometimes we want to tell God how to do his business, but that's not our place. The language that we pray, the Holy Spirit translates and interprets uh, how we ought to pray and what we should be praying for. Uh, you may not have words for your prayer sometimes. You may be crying and moaning and there's just no words for your situation. But the Holy Spirit takes that and translates it to the Lord that he will do what needs to be done. He understands your pain. He understands your sorrow. And he will minister to you in what you're walking through. So don't be afraid to pray in the Spirit. The Spirit makes interpretation for us. Sometimes I don't know what to pray. And so I just begin to pray in my heavenly language. I don't know what I'm praying. But God knows because the interpretation is coming to him. And I'm so grateful for that. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4, the for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The world will come after you with everything that they have, and you won't have a chance. You'll feel overwhelmed by what's coming at you. But God will deliver you. God will heal you. He will bring you out, and he will bring you out with great power. I have been down so low that I never thought that I would come back up. But God saw me and he heard me and he brought me out. And sometimes I come out with tears because I can't believe God did it. <laughs> but he did it. So I'm so grateful for those times when he pulls me out of the fire. <laughs> and I don't even smell like smoke. People wouldn't even know sometimes what I've been through because I don't smell like smoke. I don't look like I've been through anything. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. 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 <laughs> so we don't live in a, in, in a world. We do not wage wars. The world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You want to demolish a stronghold? Call on the name of the Lord. Call on Jesus. He'll come to your rescue. He'll do the impossible because with God, nothing is impossible. And you have to believe that. You can't just half-heartedly go thinking, oh, this is my doom, but I'm just going to throw up a prayer anyway. Believe it. Believe God will come to your rescue.
You don't have to sling mud. You don't have to call them names. All you have to do is get on your knees and tell God all about it. And he will take care of your enemies. He will take care of those who are against you. For those who are with you are more than those who are against you. Amen. I just want you to wait for your deliverance to come. And you just don't have to fight the battle by yourself because the battle is already won. I remember a month ago, Pastor Ken, the Lord said, we're asking for things he's already done. We just need to receive them. <laughs> Amen. He had to make a believer out of me sometimes. <laughs> Hallelujah. When prayer comes, becomes our regular practice and priority, it will put the wind at our backs. That means you're going to be propelled forward if the wind is at your back. Hallelujah. And, the, and then we'll be able to press our way forward to the, the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. We'll be able to do the thing he told us to do because he's with us and the wind is at our back and there's no more struggle to what we have to do. Amen? Amen. All right, moving on. Prayer prepares our hearts for spiritual awakening. For those of you who don't know, spiritual awakenings is just revival. I've heard people for 20 years say, revival is coming, revival is coming. But revival's not going to come if you don't pray, if you don't do your part, if you don't get in the trenches and, be, and, and become the one who calls forth people and call forth things that haven't existed yet as though they were going to exist. Uh, you have to get in the trenches. That's why we did the uh, Pray Americas. That's why we uh, prayed in Gloucester County. We went to different places, uh, places of commerce, places of education, government, spiritual um, uh, places, and uh, we went and we prayed. And those groups were small too. I don't know if any of you went some other time during the week and prayed, but when we gathered, it was smaller groups, four, five, six people. And we stood on that property and we walked the property and we prayed for God to change that way. See, if we don't pray, that's how the enemy comes in. He catches us catches us while we're sleeping, while we're laying down, doing nothing. So I'm going to encourage you today to pray because we need to see change in our government. We need to see change in our communication systems. We need to see change in the newspapers that try to persuade us to believe something that's not true, that we put our hope in things that aren't real. We just need to pray because God will direct us to the things that are real and those are the things that we we need to do um, and put our hope in because our hope is in Jesus Christ, really. Our hope isn't in man because man will fail you every time, but God never fails. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 7, 12 through 14 says, after Solomon had finished building and dedicating the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, he had a night visit from the Lord. You ever had a night visit from the Lord? Did he enter into your thoughts and dreams and speak to you something that was very clear? And it, it, like, it like messed you up for like two or three days. <laughs> and God spoke to him and said, I have heard your prayer 
and I have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. God goes on to say, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Do you want our land healed? Call on the name of the Lord. Go to God in prayer because he will do it. As my daughter says, when God's done something for her, she'll say, won't he do it? <laughs> prayer is necessary for revival those are the times that God enters time and space in such an obvious way that we cannot deny his presence his hand is in is in everything and everything has changed man couldn't do it only God could do it through our prayers let revival begin in me. Because that's where revival starts. It starts in us and it catches fire because the, the, the revival is in us. The words are in us and we share it with our family and everywhere we go that fire follows us and then we ignite another place and another place because when we go into a place we change the whole atmosphere of the place because God is in us and he's with us and we carry the fire. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that we carry the fire. Number seven, prayer is valuable to God. Prayer is valuable to God. His own son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins, now sits at the right hand of the Father with majesty, power, and authority. Jesus isn't just sitting there twiddling his holy thumbs. He is sitting there making intercession for us. Sometimes he can't just sit because what we're going through is so much and it hurts him to see us go through it and he stands up on our behalf and he begins to make a way for us because he sees the struggle and he wants to take care of us. Stephen saw Jesus standing up when they were stoning him to death. Jesus couldn't just sit. He stood. And there are times in your life when things are so tough that God can't take it anymore. And he stands up on your behalf. And he fights the battle for you. Because he loves you. You are his child. And he cares about you. There are so many people in the world who feel like nobody loves them and nobody cares for them. But Jesus loves you. It's the first song we ever learned. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. It is real. God's love is real and nothing can change his love for you. Nothing that you do or say will make him not love you. You belong to him. 
You are his creation. You are his beloved. You are the one that he died for. You're the one that he was willing to give up everything. He was willing to give up heaven to bring to you what you needed in that moment. You are the one that he loves. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Don't let the enemy beat you up and tell you you're not worth it. You're worth everything to God. You're worth everything to God. He loved you so much that he gave his life for you. And I want you to have everything that God has for you. So don't let somebody tell you you're not worth it. You're worth it all. Hallelujah. You are valuable to the king. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Heaven is full of the scent of your prayers. God loves you. God hears you. God loves you. And your prayers are in heaven. And when he needs some more scent, he pours out the bowl and gets some more. Keep on praying, y'all. I know that life isn't easy all the time. But God has made a way for you to be able to come into his kingdom. And that way is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. I would hate it today if you would leave here and not know Jesus. If you're in this house today, and you need the Lord. You have never called on the name of the Lord. This is your moment. This is your opportunity where Jesus can connect with you. And he wants you in his kingdom. And he wants you to work with him and for him in the kingdom. But the first thing that you have to do is acknowledge him. And invite him into your heart. So that he can be your best friend and take you where you need to go and do what you need to do. All you have to do is believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And it's a simple thing that you have to do. You just have to pray and ask. Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe that you died for me. And I know that I'm a sinner. And I need you, Lord. Is that you? Will you raise your hand this morning and receive the Lord? God is waiting on you. He's ready to accept you into his kingdom. All you have to do is ask. Will you bow your heads this morning? And repeat after me. Lord. I need you. I have been lost without you. I believe that you are the Son of God.
And I believe that you came to rescue me today. And I want to repent of every evil thing that I've done. And I want you in my life. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Welcome into the kingdom of God. Welcome into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. For those who prayed that prayer for the very first time, you are his. You belong to Jesus. Hallelujah.